0: Hello everyone, I hope you are all doing great today. I also hope you have implemented one or two practical strategies from my last episode about reframing into your life this past week. If you have, you are likely seeing some changes in your thoughts and behaviors already and it's important to give yourself a little credit for making these changes and keep it going into this next week. The longer you stick to these small, very doable strategies, you will see more and more changes taking place, and um, this creates that momentum and more willingness, which keeps you on the path to your goals and dreams. Today, I'm going to talk about a topic that is out there in the nutrition and wellness world that seems to be on fire these days. Everyone is talking about it. So I figured I'd throw in my two cents about fasting. So first, first of all, fasting is really trendy right now. It's, but it's been, around, um, it's been around forever. In the past, it was often a part of religious beliefs um, and still is for some today. And currently, it's, it's being used mostly for health and weight loss. So fasting simply means going without food. What you're probably hearing more about is intermittent fasting, which involves cycling between periods of fasting and eating. You've probably heard of a 16-8 fast, which means going without food for 16 hours and eating only when the, within that leftover 8-hour um, window. Most people stop eating at a specific time at night and then don't eat again until the next day at a specific time. So if I stop eating at 7 p.m., I wouldn't eat again until 11 the next morning if I'm doing that 16:8 fast. So 16 hours of not eating. There are many types of intermittent fasting, and I am going to talk about quite a few of those. Uh, later on in this. So when I work with clients who want to try intermittent fasting for weight loss, I often change uh, our language first, the way that we're talking about it. So if you've been listening to a few other of my episodes, you know by now that I am a stickler for the language language we use to talk to ourselves as well as to others the the words we use and how we talk to ourselves and narrate our stories really matter in how we feel emotionally and therefore how we behave because remember the think feel behavior framework You know, how we think creates our feelings and all feelings come along with sensations that pulse through our body. And then from that, we are motivated to behave in certain ways. So I always want to have my clients thinking in terms of abundance and not lack. The, the very word fasting creates a feeling of lack, and this is not helpful for anyone who has some disordered eating patterns, um, stress eating, emotional eating, or for anyone who binges around food. When, when one is struggling with eating patterns like that, it's really important to use language that does not trigger a feeling of restriction or of lack. If someone's brain with these eating patterns senses lack or restriction due to using words that represent lack or scarcity like fasting, subconsciously or even consciously, the brain is gonna work to stop this behavior. So instead of using the word intermittent fasting, I like to use the term intermittent feeding or intermittent eating. Um, And I want you just to think about this for a second. See if you can kinda sense the difference or sort of, um, not to get too out there, but feel the difference behind those words. Feel the different energy. When you tell yourself, when you tell your brain, you're going to intermittent fast versus intermittent eat. One carries the feeling or sensations of lack, and the other has the feelings or sensation of abundance. And if you struggle with overeating and you're trying to lose weight, you want to always be coming from a feeling of abundance and not scarcity, when you come from scarcity, thoughts around food um, and you're, you're dealing with disordered eating patterns, your, your brain will work over time to get you to eat more. So it'll throw up all kinds of urges and cravings. When you use language that has abundance behind it, that sense of abundance behind it, your brain doesn't get scared about it starving. It doesn't freak out that you're going to restrict food from it. So it calms down a bit. And you're going to experience less cravings and urges. So that's your first practical strategy, which I'll revisit at the end again anyway to remind you. Um, But no more using the word intermittent fasting. Use the term intermittent eating. Okay, so some of the benefits that current research is pointing to that intermittent eating contributes to is weight loss, um, which basically can happen uh, with this through a net calorie deficit and so one loses weight. Basically, because your eating window is shortened, you're eating um, in a shortened amount of time throughout the day, you end up just not eating as much food as you typically would, so you drop some weight. The other idea is that um, intermittent that what helps with intermittent feeding, or it may, may be a way to prevent metabolic adaption from occurring uh, when people lose weight. So Meaning if you lose a lot of weight quickly, often you're going to regain everything back plus them. So I always think of, remember that show, The Biggest Loser? So the biggest loser phenomenon, their metabolic rates had slowed so significantly that they gained back all that incredible weight they had lost while only eating around 800 calories. The the theory is, is that by intermittent feeding, The body doesn't kick in the hormones that promote weight gain after losing weight. (coughs) Excuse me. So that's one other way that intermittent feeding can possibly help uh, with weight loss. Another possible benefit is that people eating in this way might experience better insulin sensitivity, um, which lowers the risk of type 2 diabetes. So it reduces inflammation, it betters our mitochondria, Uh, It's also possible that intermittent feeding shifts your body into a state of ketosis, which burns fat rather than carbs. So ketones may trigger the body's own repair system, ultimately um, protecting against aging and disease. Another possible benefit is autophagy, which is described as, um, I guess, you know, like the natural cellular housekeeping process where the body clears debris and other things um, that maybe stand in the way of health, the health of our mitochondria. Um, And this begins when liver glycogen is depleted, and that happens when we are fasting. So those are just some of the possible benefits out there getting studied. Some pretty good um, clear research, too, that many of those are probably happening Here's the the problem with intermittent feeding. If one can adhere to it, if one can stick to it, it works for weight loss. So again, you know, we kind of come back to that compliance <clears throat> and consistency. Uh you know and and that's part of the issue. Can you comply with this? Does it work for you? You know, if you restrict too much, um you know, when you're trying to do this, then um, sarcopenia might occur, you know, muscle wasting, muscle loss, if you're not prioritizing protein. Uh, For my older listeners, if you're over 35, it's really important. Um, You really want to hold on to as much muscle as you can as we age. Uh, Some other problems might come around women who are pregnant or trying to get pregnant. Too much fasting can often lead to throwing off the menstrual cycle, so this could be an issue. Uh, It might be tough if you are taking diabetes medication because blood sugar may drop too far in absence of food. And then if you have a history of eating disorder or disordered eating that involves unhealthy restriction of any kind, so anorexia, bulimia, that sort of thing, um, using fasting can trigger those behaviors. One other issue is um if you end up you know doing your eating earlier in the day so you're doing um 8 hour feeding window you know early in the morning until mid afternoon there are some issues that can come up because it might interfere with family dinners or social times which are also really important for our health and well-being Um, And it can also make you really crabby. So those are just some things you want to think about when you're deciding if you want to implement something like this or not. I intermittent fasted for almost, I mean, it was seven, eight, nine years. Um, I've been doing it for a really long time. And for most of those years, I would wait to eat until around lunchtime and stop eating by 8 p.m. Uh, So, And for many years, it worked really well for me. But towards, I would say, years seven, eight, nine, probably years eight and nine, I often was finding myself low on energy, crabby, um, just really having that low emotional bandwidth. So things were starting to shift at that point. And those are just things you want to watch too. It might work for you for a while, but when it starts to shift, then you know you need to change things again. Some people feel also that they can eat whatever they want during that feeding window, and that is just not true. Um, Setting up intermittent feeding, intermittent fasting window does not um, mean like you can have this free reign and eat whatever you want during that time. You know some people will take this to the max where they're literally just eating crap for those at eight hours, and you know that doesn't work to lose weight and get healthy. You still during that time period need to eat whole healthy foods it's it's not a tool that gives you untamed eating choices. So let's talk about the different styles or types of this eating pattern. There are quite a few methods, and what I've found in working with clients and lots of experimenting with myself, certain methods work for certain types of people, and some methods do not work at all for some people. Surprise, surprise. It's all about individuality and what works for you. So I'm just going to give you a rundown of some of the typical ones. So the first one is 5-2- intermittent feeding and eating. So this is where you would eat normally for five days. And the other two days, you, you knock down your calories to like 500, 600 calories a day. So basically, you know, not completely fasting for those two days, but pretty close. And it can work. But I have found compliance with this type is really hard. Remember that consistency is key for weight loss and for maintaining health. And for many of us, lessening our calories to 500, 600 a day is a set up to overeat the other five days and the weight is gained right back. Feeling hungry does not work for many of us. Um, You know, it's hard to hold a job or, you know, have energy at work. Uh, It's hard to engage with family members when you're feeling that hungry. And also, if you're an athlete or enjoy working out or training, uh, this one is probably not going to be great for you. Uh, The other one is time-restricted eating. Here, you choose how many hours in a day you're going to eat. Ideally, you should have 14 to 16 hours without eating, so your eating window would be like 12 to 8 p.m. or even better. What we're finding out now with circadian rhythms um, would be more like 9 to 5. So you're only eating between 9 to 5. Even better would be 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. I've been doing the 9 to 5, the 10 to 5 uh, for the past two months. And I have I had found myself overeating in the evenings, and so I switched my eating window to earlier in the day to try to cut some of that out. And right now, for me, it works. It helps um, also because you know my significant other kind of eats in the same way, um, so that makes it a little, little easier. But it may be tough if you can't be consistent. If your schedule is frequently changing, or you want to have date night or happy hour, or it's you know you sit down with your family to eat, and no one's getting you know no one's sitting down to the table till eight p.m. So this one might not might not work for you. You might have to switch that eating window till later in the evening. Uh, Okay, another one, overnight fasting. And this might be the simplest fasting. And this is where you basically fast for a 12-hour period. It does appear uh, from some... Um, current research that autophagy may still happen with a 12-hour fast. Um, It's not as robust, but it's possible. So you would stop eating at 7 p.m. and not eat again until 7 a.m. It's usually the minimum recommended uh, for any health benefits that you're looking for. Another method called eat-stop-eat simply explains it just means that taking a break from food is fasting. Uh, You also Complete one or two 24-hour fasts per week. Again, I just do not see much compliance from this type of fasting. At least, you know, with with the clients I'm working with, doesn't mean it won't work for everyone. Um, whole day fasting. This is 24 hours. But you actually eat dinner one day and then you don't eat again until dinner the next day, which means 24-hour fast. I've messed around with this one a little and once in a while I enjoy it. I usually do it on a whim. If I wake up not hungry one day and just don't experience hunger throughout the day, I may push my eating again until dinner time just to get that 24-hour fast in. And another method, alternate day fasting, every other day you eat. Again, not a lot of compliance in the real world or for anyone who deals with using food emotionally, um, some disordered eating patterns. So here's how in general fasting works for weight loss. When we're not eating for a period of time, our insulin levels go down. And our fat cells can then release their stored sugar to be used as energy. Remember, you can think of insulin as a storage hormone. In simplest terms, um, it, it works to store fat in our cells. So when we eat, particularly high carbohydrate, um, you know, when 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 that goes into our body, our insulin comes out to help store. I mean, it does a whole bunch of other things, but just in simplest terms, to help store um, what we need in our cells. So we often can lose weight if we allow our insulin levels to go down. The, the idea behind fasting is to allow the insula, insulin levels to go down far enough and for long enough that we burn off fat. So here's a little nuance though. If, if you train hard, and I, I have a lot of clients who you know are amateur athletes, they train a lot, many hours a day, if you train hard and regularly and have no weight issues, um, by the way, I do work, I, well, I see a lot of people who um, run or bike for many, many hours a day and are still overweight. So if you are training hard but still overweight, um, you know that's a whole other podcast probably to get into, but... Your focus, need if, if you are athletic, you don't need to lose weight. Your focus needs to be more on fueling your body for your athletic goals. If, if you're training hard or for multiple hours a day, your body is not going to be optimal through any type of fasting. Here's how we know intermittent fasting will not always work to get someone lean. Take a look at bodybuilders. They're ripped, lean. Traditionally, they eat Often, like multiple times throughout the day, many, many small meals through the day. So, the idea would say, you know, our fasting idea would say that their insulin is up all day long and they should be storing fat. But because they're working out so hard and so much, that insulin is taken care of. Weight loss still occurs. The, this is why it's recommended um, even to walk after eating, as you know, that walking, that movement that um, even that light exercise kind of sops up the insulin and can help with weight loss. But my, my point is, is that fasting is not the end all be all of weight loss. There are many nuances and individual differences and lifestyles that are going to determine if fasting works for you or not. So what might be best for you? If you have an emotional stress eating behavior then sticking to trying intermittent feeding during a day is much more likely to work for you than trying to fast for a whole day or days at a time um, because in this situation you know if you're a person who deals with that stress eating that emotional eating binging it, it you know food is a huge part of a person's emotional life it, it's too white knuckling, too much energy to fast for a day or multiple days. I I find that clients who come to me and who have done this in the past end up eating way too much on days or weeks after white knuckling through a fast. They end up gaining more weight and it is much harder to get it off. If the client still wants the health benefits of fasting, we instead focused on timed eating or timed feeding windows. Usually, the first one I might introduce is a 16-8 fast. Uh, they, they stop eating at 7 or 8 p.m. and wait to eat until around 11 or noon the next day. That sort of pattern often has a lot more compliance. People usually say it's doable um, as long as their food choices during the feeding window are on point, whole foods, protein, et cetera. They, uh, they will lose weight. But do notice what I said. If a person does a 16-8 fast, but during that eight-hour feeding window, they consume a lot of food, they overeat, they eat a lot of sweets, treats, a box of donuts, a carton of ice cream, a bag of whatever, these people will definitely gain weight. The point is that the timing of food can help with weight loss, but it doesn't do it on its own. You really still, unfortunately, have to eat responsibly during the feeding window. My history with intermittent fasting, intermittent feeding has been a positive one overall. there the, Those many years of um, eating to eat, you know, where I'd wait to eat until noon, uh, you know, worked for that period of time, like I talked about. And like I said, recently switching, because it wasn't working, so recently switching, you um, You know, to stopping eating between 5 or 6 p.m., not starting till, you know, 9, 10, 11. Uh, I started using this timing of eating just because I wasn't getting good sleep at night. That was shifting for me um, like I used to. And stopping earlier in the evening really helped me with sleep. I still sometimes have a little bit of protein before bed if I feel I need it to sleep a bit better. Um, and I've just been doing this for so long and paying attention that it's, I kind of know those nights. I just know the feeling if I'm not going to sleep great, might be a little too hungry and so a little bit of protein right before bed. And then also some nights I do have a glass of wine or I do eat past five or six due to date night or something social going on. My, my point is you don't have to be dogmatic about this. It does not need to be all or nothing. I think it's great to experiment with some intermittent feeding as it does appear to have some health benefits, but reminding yourself that you still want to live life, enjoy life. You can still um, set some guidelines for your eating behavior but there will be times you can be flexible. So don't just don't get caught up in the all or nothing black and white restricted thinking. This does not help. And I mean, always sabotages weight loss. So here are some practical strategies you can try to implement this week. First of all, Change your language about fasting. Use the words interval eating or intermittent eating. When you tell people what you're trying or when you're talking to yourself in your mind about what you're trying, use the word intermittent feeding. Do not use the word fasting. And then try this. Try eating only three meals a day. Don't snack in between. Give your insulin a rest in between meals. Even fasting in between meals can bring some benefits. And if you're someone who loves your snack food, try this. You can still have that snack food if you're not willing to give it up just yet, but eat it with your meal. So, for example, you love to have chocolate. That's me, obviously. I've talked about chocolate in many an episode here. Or you like to have ice cream or popcorn later in the evening. Or maybe you're someone who has dinner and then snacks throughout the evening, just kind of picking a couple things out of the fridge or the pantry. So your first leveled up behavior would be to have dinner. And as part of your dinner, is you want to incorporate that snack that you would typically eat later. So you have a steak, a salad, and then with the meal, you eat your chocolate or your chips or your popcorn. You eat it right then. And then you're done. You're done for the night. So you don't have to give up your favorite foods, but you move them to eat them with your regular meal. That's one way to stretch yourself just a little bit with food, but not having to grieve the loss of your favorite food. What often happens with this is the client then doesn't feel as restricted. So we don't have the negative eating spiral that comes from restriction mentality. But most will find also that they don't need as much of their favorite food to feel content or satisfied because they've already eaten that dinner so they end up eating much less of the chocolate much less of the chips than they would if they had ate it later in the evening And then just one last, remember that the best way of eating or diet for you is the one that you can stick with for life. If you try some intermittent feeding protocols and it's miserable and you know you will never keep it going, just be done. It is so not worth your time and energy. Focus instead on healing your relationship with food, using thought work to find food freedom and implementing other ways of dieting to lose weight. Small changes every day, that you can try on and and see what works best for you is the best strategy to go with. If you decide to try something like this, remember, you need to talk with your doctor and get the okay, okay? So anything I present in any of these, if you're shifting eating patterns or diets, you really wanna talk with your doctor first and make sure you're ready to go. Okay, I'm gonna end it there. Uh, one more thing though, I have had a new episode release Every week for almost 30 weeks now, (laughs) but there will not be one released the week after this one. So, just a heads up, I am taking a much needed rock climbing and mountain biking trip, and I'm not going to be recording anything during that time. So after you hear this one, there will be a week where one is not released, and then the new episode will re-release after that. If you found anything useful from this episode, would you please consider sharing it with someone, uh, friends or family, that you think might benefit from it And possibly also posting it on your social media that helps get more listeners, which helps me keep putting this information out there uh, for free on this platform. If you've already subscribed, um, I really do appreciate it. And I really do appreciate you spending this time with me and, and listening. And I do hope you're finding something that you can take and implement into your life and you know, consider making those small changes that get you closer to your goals and dreams. You can head over to my social media for more resources. You can find me on Instagram at Heinen Counseling and Coaching. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. You can also, I also have a recipes only page with high protein recipes and that's at peak protein recipes on Instagram and, uh, check out my website, heatherheinen.com. If you keep listening right now, you're going to get some more information on how my clients take a deeper dive on these topics with me through online programs and coaching. It's where you get the actual structured lessons, worksheets, journal prompts, support and coaching behind all this information I'm putting out there to lose your weight for good improve your health, and live the life you've been dreaming about in the body you've been dreaming about. I hope you are finding something useful from these episodes and this podcast. And if so, please share it with someone else in your life you feel it could benefit. This podcast is also now monetized. So if you really feel you are getting a lot from it and want to help keep it going, please go to the episode show notes. You can just scroll down from wherever you're listening. You'll see a description of the episode and then you will see it says support this podcast and then there's a link you can click on. You can click on that link and that's where you can support the podcast, even the smallest donation like 99 cents helps to keep me producing the podcast. And to those of you who have donated, I really, really appreciate the support. I really do appreciate all of you listening and sharing the space with me again, just very thankful for all of you. Did you know you can find a lot more help from me on my website? go to heatherheinen.com heinen is spelled h e y n e n and get in touch with questions on all things i offer like online courses for overeating weight loss goal attainment and also my coaching and counseling services